0: Christmas. Uh, it was fine it was just another day which is good
1: did you uh was anyone out there did your mother come out anything like that nope i uh
0: i walked down uh saw a movie that's it which movie um bombshell
1: oh i have no desire to see that film it was great yeah i i have no doubt that the performances are good i think i was just burned by vice which is similarly great performances i but i think the movie is awful
0: Bombshell is better.:
1: All right. It's still, it, I, just, I it still don't in see gray the, air, It lives
0: in a gray yeah. area, you know, a really gray area where the characters are pulled in both directions, their loyalty to conservatism versus their loyalty to their gender and the righteousness and all this stuff.: it's Do you pretty- think
1: though that the, that it's like who is the movie for? I guess is my question, because I think anything that it's going to present is going to be stuff that I know what happened. I'm sympathetic to them already, so it's not going to really sway me to be like, oh, man, Fox was awful. Uh, and I don't think any conservative person is ever going to go and see this movie at all. So I don't know. I don't know who this movie is for. It's, it's for us. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's really for the conservatives, and they'll never, ever see the movie, of course, uh, especially in my area. Mm-hmm. But the theater was full.
1: All right. I, I mean, I, we only, we only have like
0: go. 30 seats in there, but still.
1: But, but still, I, I noticed that there's a lot of like those bougie theaters down in California. When I was down in, well, around the Cupertino area, I remember I went and saw a movie once and it was like, <laughs> there was only, I'm pretty sure there was only 25 <laughs> seats in the entire theater.
0: Well, if you're going to but Cupertino, you, they don't, yeah, don't walk you around. They don't want you
1: around. No, they it's like want everything... You-
0: they want you to be gone as best as possible.
1: Well, that is true. It's like everything closes at 5 p.m. There's literally nothing open past 5. I have it's... to go to San Jose and hang out there. San Jose is not bad. I
0: got a lot of friends up there.
1: There's a great barbecue place I went to there once. Oh, what is it called? Oh, I, There's no way I'm going to remember <laughs> what the place I went to six years ago is. Did you,
0: did you send me a picture? Because I'm pretty certain I always told you to
1: send me food pics. I'm pretty sure I did, yeah, all right. and well, of course, of course, tastefully having my penis out just to show the uh, the size of the steak that I got because you needed you needed to have some sort of um uh, re- relevant data to know
0: the few things that I really appreciated was the sauce on the shaft <laughs> and the pickle on the tip as if it was just respectful, doffing its cap to me. It's pickle
1: cap. Mm-hmm, it was very nice, I mean, but let's stop talking about the bratwurst I had.
0: The worst part though was the uh the uh sauerkraut as the ball hair you could have gone without that that would have been nice
1: It would have been nice but uh, that's not the world we live in that's not the world we live in My nephew got skates That's what his one of his Christmas presents was
0: This is what this is what I was prepared to hear My mm-hmm. nephew got ska and I was yeah. like, "Scabies, uh,
1: scabies." Yeah, yeah, let's let's go with this. Scabies. No, what? He's uh, he's sick. Well, five. He's five years old. Has a uh, skates, and then uh, my dad and I cleared off the pond at the farm. There was so this, it was this. It was about. It was
0: about a four by four square, really.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it's more like a twenty by twenty foot area, I would say. Oh, it
0: looks so small in your picture. When you when yeah, I saw the picture. I was like, so he spent. Four
1: and a half minutes. No, and in, is... her,
0: in her in it was like, oh, this is the worst experience of my life.
1: My parents <laughs> hate me, now. me. This is yeah.
0: slavery. This is tantamount to me being a African American. This in is
1: this 1940s, is the South. This is a hate crime. This is, is straight a up crime. a hate crime. It is a hate crime. Uh, no, it's uh, it was it was fine. I me and my dad played out after about like thirty five minutes. So that's <laughs> we we cleared out the outer ring. I was like, that's enough. He'll fall down anyways. It's his first time skating ever. So,
0: Did you put the lights up for couples, couples skate?
1: No. Although when I was driving up to my parents' place, it's two hours north of Calgary, It uh, the fog in, rolled in, in. In what
0: city? In what city?
1: Calgary. No, no. What city were you going to? Rocky Mountain House. Uh, a city that shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist, but it is a real spot. So the fog rolled in. We've actually had this really weird weather the last couple weeks, uh, which is like... Well, the first part is very normal in the Rocky Mountains, because it's like uh, snow, then it warms up and melts a bit, then it snows again, then it warms up and melts a bit, and then it snows again. That's all normal. Uh, Then, last, it was last Friday? I think it was last Friday, where it poured rain. Like, it rained. (laughs) Uh, And... Just drenched the entire city, then it decided to freeze the next day, which was awful to get around anywhere. and i
0: try just... I try to explain to people down here that complain about the slippery roads when it's raining. Yeah, and I'm like, try and handle the fact that it could rain today and freeze tomorrow. Yeah. Try and grasp that fact. Like Blake, Blake, enemy of the show, he talks about how he's got the Subaru now that has all-wheel drive. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: And he's like, you know, he's like, oh, I can drive around in the rain all good. And I'm like, oh, you don't know shit.
1: (laughs) You don't know anything. You don't know (laughs) what it's like out here. Uh, And then, for whatever reason, on Christmas Eve, the fog rolled in. And it was just really, really thick fog. So that's, of course, the night I decided to drive up to my parents. Uh, And to be honest, most of the drivers was fine. Uh, There were spots where the fog lessened and everything. Of course, the worst fog hit in, like, the last five miles of my trip. Which is Uh, the worst part of the trip. Yeah. Which is, my my parents kind of live in this little valley dip. Uh, Anyway, so it was super, super thick. And uh, to the point where I could not see the edges of the road, uh, I knew I would be getting too far over if, like, the rumble strips started happening. So I was like, oh, okay, that's too far. (laughs)
0: Again, another thing that Southern
1: Californians don't understand... The rumble strip, right. So, so you know, you wake up if you fall fallen asleep. Uh, the so, anyways, I was driving, driving, driving. And I was like, nope. I, I I know I've missed my parents' turnoff. I have to have because I've been driving too long. And then, of course, I get up and there's like some uh, street lights and the sign that says turn left to you know go to this city. I'm like, yep, I completely missed <laughs> their turnoff. So I had to turn around, come back. And try and figure it out. I phoned my parents. I'm like, can you turn on the yard light? That didn't help at all. Because I, I couldn't see it anyways when I came up to it. But basically, how the only way I got it was that I was peering, peering, peering. Saw like a sign that I was familiar to be the surroundings of where my parents are. Slowed down really uh, slowly. And then just drifted over into the opposite lane, praying that there was no one oncoming. Yeah, of like, course. Oh, there's the, there's the turn off. And then I just wheeled it in <laughs> to get into my parents' place. And then it hasn't been foggy ever since. So it's like literally only those few hours that I was driving <laughs> that it was so, uh, decided so to the, be foggy. There was
0: one time I was going from Calgary to just past Strathmore. Yeah. Which is where my parents lived, or my mom and my stepdad. And I ended up in Brooks. <laughs> and I'm like, but, I think I missed the, uh, I think I missed the turn.
1: You very much did, because that's basically the opposite direction.
0: No, Br- Brooks is. Uh, well,
1: yeah, okay, N- not oh, necessarily.
0: Well, whatever. The next, the next major, maybe it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it was the 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 Native American place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, oh, the Native American place. Yes. Uh, the well, casino? no, I, I just
0: kept going, and I ended up at another city, the next city on the Trans Canada. And I was like, I think I missed it.
1: Yes. So it was a good half hour. Turn around, come back. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. We've all been just like not paying attention. But the first year I moved to Calgary, there's this really stupid interchange. If you're not really paying attention, where the main thoroughfare through the, the city actually branches off into two. One will keep taking you south into the city and one will basically swoop you around into the west, into like this residential area. And I was like with some, so starts talking, 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 looking at the road, and all of a sudden we're in a residential area. I'm like, oh, nope, this is not where we're supposed to be <laughs> whatsoever.
0: I loved it when I was, uh, when I'd go into Calgary and I would do this thing where I, I wouldn't pay attention where I'm going and we actually had a dice. Mm-hmm. And then we would roll it, if it was a certain number, we'd go left, if it was a certain number, we'd go right, if it was a certain number, we'd go straight. Mm-hmm. anyways so i would end up by in the way these-
1: me going straight is impossible
0: <laughs> well momentarily maybe yeah. anyways so um so i would end up in these this is before gps right so we have no idea where we are we just end up in these residential areas and my favorite part about calgary is occasionally especially in the south you'll be in a residential area and you'll hit this dead end which the only thing that separates you from where you want to be is a sidewalk.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, true.
0: And you're like in a cul-de-sac and you're like, I can, s- that's the road I want. That's where yeah. I want to be.
1: That and is. I- and and I've had long time Calgarians kind of argue with me about this, but I actually do think that Calgary is really odd in that there are areas of the city where if you accidentally turn the wrong way, it is a long time before you can actually turn around and start going the other way, which is so frustrating because it's like, oh, dang it. Like I, I turned right when I was supposed to turn left. That's fine. I could just go up to the next ex- interchange and turn around. Nope. That can be five kilometers away before you can actually turn around <laughs> and get to where you need to be going. I mean, they, it's they, really frustrating.
0: They shout and shout and shout about the, the grid system and all this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good for you. But um, it's also a grid system with pockets of hedge mazes
1: right especially downtown because there's a lot of one-way streets downtown so if you miss it then it's like okay well i can't turn here okay now i can turn and now i can't turn can't turn can't turn great now i can turn (laughs) like it's like to get back to where you started from can sometimes be this big pain so welcome to our traffic yeah welcome to our traffic podcast um uh this is whatever this is this is the podcast where two guys sit down and discover you know whatever this is my name is Kyle and I'm talking to Grant will never be a Jellico cat tingly a what have you have you have you not seen the sensation that's sweeping the nation cats directed by oh. toby hooper
0: oh. yeah i, I no I'm, I'm not going to ever see that movie
1: okay so let me tell you my my journey to watch the movie cats you i'm guessing
0: will... i'm guessing tranquilizers kidnapping the back- <laughs> i was on
1: I was on Quaaludes. Uh, I took a bunch of poppers beforehand. It was a great, great time. Um, the my only thing is, I wish I would picked a different theater because I've seen the videos online of like packed theaters with a bunch of gays just like freaking out at the screen. I was like, that would be a great experience to go to. That was not my experience. When I uh, went
0: to uh, when I went to Rent for the first time. Uh, which was in Escondito, California, which is uh, literally the halfway point between me and San Diego.
1: Mm-hmm. No, um, I'm sorry, are you saying the the stage show or the, the movie that came out? The
0: stage show. I, okay. I've never seen the movie. Anyways, I've seen the
1: video of the last performance on Rent. Yes. I saw
0: that, but I haven't seen the movie. Anyways, besides the point, um, the I was in the fourth row And the first three rows were filled with every gay person, probably in Escondido, singing every single song. And when Angel first appeared, I'm pretty certain everybody came.
1: (laughs) Including you, actually. It was a very odd experience. Well, I wore a diaper
0: to the show, so I was thinking
1: ahead yeah yeah you knew
0: I don't want the gizmopper to do more work than he has to,
1: so giz Mopper is actually one of the cats' names, uh which is interesting <laughs> um, the uh so here's my experience you if you've listened to this podcast or any other podcast I've ever done, at some point, I probably brought up the fact that I don't like cats all that much. It's uh, a the show. show it's a the show cats It is a show that is popular or made popular because beleaguered parents in New York City needed something to take their kids to. And what is the most inoffensive show you can take them to? Cats. Because uh, you're Sweeney not gonna,
0: Todd or Cats. Yeah, yeah You're things. not
1: going to drag them to Sweeney Todd when you've already been walking for. By like the way, that is a very
0: hours. obscure Jersey Girl reference. The mm. best movie by Kevin Smith.
1: Well, there we go. Uh, we'll we'll have that debate later on. Uh, so I was going there kind of with poor intentions. I knew I was not going to like it, but I just wanted to see how much I was not going to like it. Uh, And I didn't like it at all. It was a really, really bad movie. But I think that there would have been a way to salvage it um, had Tom Hooper tried to make a movie instead of whatever it is that he ended up going with. You can kind of tell what type of movie this is going to be. And this is true for the stage show as well, because the very first song that happens like basically two minutes in is them trying to explain to you what a Jellicle cat is. And they don't do a really great job of it. Because it's basically just this huge list song that... And I'm, I'm only slightly making this up, but it's going to be like... <laughs> uh, uh, you, it's, it's like, this is what, w- how you know you are. It's like, a cat's a fantastical cat. Your mom is a cat. My dad is a cat. This movie you're seeing is also a cat. The seat that you're in can also be a cat. The popcorn you're eating surprises a cat. Cat, 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 Like, that's basically what the opening song is. Um, uh, TM, copyright, that is my yeah, song. Yeah, I, I didn't
0: know you were a Matt Stone and Trey Parker, but apparently <laughs> you're both, <laughs> all in one.
1: All, all in one. Uh, I th- th- This movie is so bizarre. Uh, you've probably seen the GIFs and the video clips of why they decided to do this in CG is still beyond me. I don't understand the thought process behind that. And I'm also curious, I didn't realize Tom Hooper had been given a blank check so quickly into his career. Because I cannot understand anybody in the creative process not stepping in and being like, you can't release this. This is literally unreleasable uh, at any point in this in this production period.
0: Well, it's the uh, first time in history, in history... That they are now going to sink in, I don't know if they've already done it, but sink in like $50 million mm-hmm. to redo some of the CGI. Yeah. After I mean, a release. I th- after a release.
1: Because of where we are in movie theaters, I mean, uh, like, like how they get pushed, like how movies get pushed to movie theaters now, it's all digital. We have, we have come now to video games where it's like, oh, you know what? We need to patch some of these things that were not there in the week one release. So we're going to update the graphics, uh, do another fetch quest, and uh, then people can come back and see this new updated movie. I I actually think this is like the beginning of the end of of that type of entertainment where it's like now we can release half-finished films and just be like, yeah, it'll be updated in two weeks and you can come back and watch it again.
0: Well, it's like this year has been groundbreaking for listening to... um audience reaction and changing a shit ton of what you're doing because Sonic right. the Hedgehog yeah. was garbage. It, well, I mean, we don't know the movie. It was
1: garbage, but Sonic it's, the Hedgehog, I personally,
0: mean, that person, that, that yeah. entity was like wasted human yeah. matter. You,
1: you saw, you saw that first CG creation. It's like, you know this? No, that's, no. no you, that's, that's bad. Uh, the movie is still going to be also bad, but go on.
0: Well, who, first of all, casting Jim Carrey as, uh, what Eggman. Ro- Robotnik. Like, yeah. like, what are you doing? There's so many better. First of all, the best person, period, would have been uh, Bob Hoskins, but sadly we can't get Bob Hoskins. No,
1: no. Uh,
0: but secondarily, there's like 95 better people than Jim Carrey.
1: Well, I- just do what uh, that other movie's doing, who uh, quote-unquote went on a nationwide search for the best actor and couldn't find them. So all they're gonna do is make James Dean be the star of their movie. So that's terrifying.
0: Well, the, the for me, it's like I get that they asked, but the family saying yes is weird to me.
1: I just don't. Hmm. There is probably a project out there that I would be super on board with them using digital creations of old actors. I just don't like or, this na-
0: or naked Taryn Edgerton, Whatever. Or,
1: or or whatever, you know, whatever the technology we want to use is. Uh, I don't really love the idea of being like, oh, man, we need to do this war movie. Well, let's just get this actor who died 40 years ago and put him into this movie. Uh, Apparently, a lot of actors now, young actors, are actually in contracts. um, Basically, we're holding copyright of their image. So they do like these 3D scans of their entire body so that they could be used in future digital creations, but that they also retain like, ownership of the, the usage of that image. This feels like a Black Mirror episode, but that is essentially where we're at here now, where I can be like, you know what? I just want to make a dream team. I want Marlon Brando, James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, all okay. in the same okay. movie.
0: If you're going to have Marlon Brando, you got to have Richard Pryor around to keep him yeah. sexually satisfied.
1: That's it's right. Very important. I mean, so, uh, again, there is there a movie out there that I would be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense to use these older actors in. I just don't like the idea of being like we did this nationwide search, and James Dean was obviously the best choice. Like bullshit. You you knew you wanted to have James Dean in your movie, or you're doing this so people go and see your movie in the first place.
0: Well, I think the only that time that I would be on board is the times that so far I've I've seen, like uh, uh, Star Wars, this whole trilogy. Yeah, they've they've uh, re put in two people. That yeah. were you know Leia and uh, Mark whatever Tarkin, Tarkin, Tarkin yeah. yeah. So it's like they got two people in there.
1: Yeah, like that kind of stuff. I'm I'm cool with, and even in the new Star Wars film, they basically do a very young version of of Mark Hamill for like 20 seconds. Um, I, it's
0: creepy. Don't get me wrong. It's creepy, mm-hmm. but I just go.
1: I mean, we are still early days. Like, if you've seen, uh, yeah, I think that the, we're getting to this technology where like. Fully realized digital creations are just going to feel so real to us. Uh, Gollum worked many, many years ago because he's supposed to be this little gremlin character and not supposed to be like a human uh, uh, himself. Um, But anything else has been a little off putting. Even in the Marvel films, like when they did like young Robert Downey Jr. and then young Samuel L. Jackson, it's like, oh, there's a little bit of off puttingness there. There was
0: the the one with um, Michael Douglas, I actually was fine with. Yeah, Sam Sam, and Robert, I had a problem with, but it was in barf for Robert, so I can just say yeah. that was barf technology, not movie <laughs> sure. technology. But yeah, Michael Douglas, for some reason, I was fine with. I don't know what it was.
1: Yeah, I think it's just because they've been iterating and getting better and better and better at that. Um, even, I'll, I'll say, I know a lot of people did have problems with it, but with the Irishman that came out on Netflix, I thought they did a fairly fairly decent job of that. You can still tell it is a 70-year-old Uh, Robert De Niro walking down the street it's like impossible not to be like oh that is a 7 year old man walking right there Uh, but the face looked fine to me
0: now here's something that I want to bring up that is pertinent to this conversation is I just watched Bombshell and Charlize Theron as Megyn Kelly I can only see Megyn Kelly I can't see Charlize and it creeps me the fuck out I, I told Blake I'm like, this this is to me is the uncanny valley. I'm like, I, I know I shouldn't see who I'm seeing, but that's all I see. I know mm-hmm. there's something wrong, but it's perfect. So that is using an actress or an actor or whatever that is currently available and not, you know, CGIing Megan Kelly. And it works,
1: yeah. and I yeah, i I guess it's it comes down to two things when when you're asking an actor to portray, somebody who the public knows you can go one of two ways you either cast someone who already is looking like them pretty close and you can just like add some uh costumes and makeup and stuff to them or no i want the best actor and we are going to do like full like cg or full makeup um attachments and stuff like that to get them to a place or i guess there's a third option let's not care what they look like. We are just caring about the performance aspect of this. Um, and it doesn't matter if they look exactly like their, their counterparts.
0: The great drama teacher from my high school, Strathmore high school, Charlotte Cummings Mm. always said, just if you're going to, you know, keep it consistent, keep it Canadian. And she said, if you're going to do a show that takes place in Britain, just don't do an accent, just speak, you know, and you see that a lot in BBC shows. Like I was watching, uh, I think it was Mag Ray, um, the Rowan Atkinson detective series, the other okay. night, and they're just all speaking with their British accents. It takes place in Paris. They're not trying to put on anything. They're just going. This is what we are, and you see that a lot in the BBC ITV uh, Dave, whatever the like. Who calls a network Dave? Let's get it. Let's let's. I think this is a reason to go to war with the UK. They call the <laughs> network Dave, and I think there's more than one Dave, which is also a problem. But. The fact that there's only one is a problem.
1: I, I'm a Dave Two fan myself.
0: See, I mean that's ridiculous, but I mean, but that's really cool about the in the UK they just say we're doing these UK accents. This is all we're doing. I mean, you see, like uh, the Death of Stalin, they're just all talking. Steve Buscemi's doing an American accent. British guys doing a British accent. They're just talking.
1: Yeah, yeah. there was that one. I mean, uh, we we mm-hmm. we don't speak the name of the director anymore on this show, but there was uh, the that movie Valkyrie with. Um, Tom Cruise,
0: who we don't, we
1: don't speak Christopher McQuarrie's name. That wasn't Christopher McQuarrie. That was uh, oh, uh, he wrote *Usual, Usual he, Suspects*. He, guy,
0: he wrote it. Oh, I, really?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty right. sure. You keep talking. Uh, anyways, in that movie, Tom Cruise was not able to do a German accent, so it's like they said, like, "Fuck it, we'll just like have everyone be American in this in this movie." Basically.
0: Did you see the *Far and Away* that he did with Nicole Kidman?
1: Of course, I have. Yeah, also <laughs> I, bad. Bad I'm Irish Jackson accent is so, is so bad. It's yeah.
0: basically like if Bo, like if Bozo the Clown, mm-hmm. tried to do a period drama based in Ireland. That was yes. Tom Cruise doing that show.
1: Weirdly enough, though, uh, Tom Cruise is this weird actor. I know I've said this before. Even <laughs> in his like bad films, I find him eminently watchable. Like he is just such a fascinating person just to watch. Even if I think the movie is a bit of a train wreck. Anyways,
0: you're right. The uh, director of that movie was the
1: possible child molester. Child molester yes, uh, I don't think possible, but uh, uh, but it's
0: uh, my my friend Joy. She refuses to see any movie with Tom Cruise. I've mentioned this before. That he, she says he's the worst. He's garbage. I will refuse to see anything he does.
1: Right. Well, that's her loss. Mission is one through six, man.
0: <laughs> I even liked <laughs> the performance in the Mummy, but the Mummy was
1: bad. Yeah, mummy, not, not his fault. Not his fault. Uh, to go back to Cats for one last time, the most, <laughs> the most horrifying thing about the entire movie, there is this moment. Actually, there's twice this happens. Rebel Wilson is a cat. She's in, in that the, in, in the movie Cats, and there is a point where she stands up in her you know catness. Um, Everdeen? and then yeah, her Katniss Everdeen unzips herself, peels off her cat skin to reveal another cat, but with like a bikini on. I refuse. Uh, no. Underneath this, and unfortunately, my mind just goes there, and I'm like, wait a second. So in this fiction that you have created, do all cats have skin that they can remove? Is that a thing that they can do, or? Is that just her magical properties? because it seems like every cat is magical except for the cat that's called the magical cat who can't do magic um because that's creative that's a dramatic irony um, I guess, so that creeped me out first, and then second of all, I was like this I think I think you just broke the rules of this cataverse that you've been trying to make, and it bothered me the entire rest of the movie.
0: Well, the most important thing that we have to address here is the fact that that personal cat. Thought that swim trunks were underwear.
1: And, oh, maybe.
0: And the whole issue is there is that cat needs to get put down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go to the next level and say that adults, humans that, that wear swim trunks as underwear need to be put down, but,
1: you know. I mean, we're close. We're close. We're on really on close. the verge of that. Literally.
0: Maybe if they have kids, I'll let them stick around until their kid is 18, and then we'll Kanye West them out of there. Mm
1: hmm. Oh boy! So, uh, what? Uh, I've actually been watching so many different things, like just a ton of stuff. Um, but I don't really want to go continue to be super negative on stuff. So, what? Uh, what are some of the best things besides Bombshell that you've seen?
0: So, I, I watched a recent short film called Skywatch, mm. and it's a movie that they did Kickstarter for, and they did all this stuff. And they, apparently, they filmed it like five, six years ago, but he spent. Well, maybe two or three years ago, but he quit Pixar about six years ago. And all he wanted to do was make this short film. And then he decided he needed that one guy, that one special guy. And so what he did was he made a list of people that he would want in his movie. And he made a Excel sheet.
1: As you do. Yeah.
0: As you do. Uh, Who, you know, who you don't know. And then who your friends know who, you know. So it was no, 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 no. Until he got to a friend of a friend of a friend of a cousin who was marrying Jude Law. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. So Jude Law is in there for one line.
1: That's hilarious.
0: So he filmed the entire short film, which is really cool. It's about a like basically a militarized
1: Amazon with drones. Okay, well, so how did you watch this film? It's called YouTube, have you heard of it? No, okay, no, that's a, I, fine. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I thought you maybe went to the theater to watch a short film like a maniac.
0: You do think my very conservative area where I live is just, like, short films.
1: That's what we need. Short. <laughs> That's the future, get... short films.
0: We have some French-speaking films in here, too.
1: Well, it's so funny, because I actually did watch on Netflix a, uh, a feature-length film uh, of a French, a French animated, full-length animated feature about someone who chops off their hand and the hand trying to come back and finding its master again.
0: <laughs> oh, so it's okay. that movie with Seth Green and Devin Sawa.
1: Yes, it's Idle Hands, the sequel, yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, it was a, it's a weird French film. But did you like the it? Most, did you, did you like most, this? Uh...
0: Hang on, the most important thing that we have to acknowledge here is that Kyle's favorite movie is Casper. Yeah, and that's he has right. an encyclopedic knowledge of, of the Devin person that played, that played Casper, Devin Sawa.
1: I, he, I have to say, like, there was a moment in my I, life where I was obsessed with Devin Sawa. <laughs> like, he was... If I could have pinned him up to my wall, I would have, but uh, could not for for various reasons. Uh, he just when celebrated uh, 15 years sober, I think, yeah. the other When's day. When's your birthday? Yeah. When's your birthday? July 11th.
0: All right. And I guess I got a present for you coming.
1: <laughs> Devin Sawa tied you. But but 10-year-old Devin Sawa, just yes, to course. make it creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fully framed. Uh-huh. I'll
0: get Devin to sign it for you.
1: Sure. Because he's not doing anything.
0: He's on Twitter like a crazy person. Oh,
1: I know. All the time.
0: He's attacking people. It's like, you don't want Casper on Netflix. Fuck you, Netflix. Cancel subscription.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, I appreciate that. He has to, you know, uh, rise to his oeuvre of uh, filmmaking.
0: No, uh, Skywatcher is really neat. It, it stars two young actors uh, in the plot. One of the actors, one of the characters, has a really good uh, knowledge about computers and hacking the drones so basically what he was doing is if this lady was on a diet, the drone would send her a hamburger and then her delivery of a really scantily clad uh, a lingerie piece would go to a man on his first date with a woman. Oh, OK. So they were just fucking around. And then anyways, uh, they make one of the drones crash and then Amazon goes militaristic.
1: OK. How, so, like, do- How long is this short film? 12 minutes okay but jude
0: law is literally the last 30 seconds so they made the whole film and they sent him the whole film and said this is all you have to do and they flew to london themselves to from la just to. i fill. like that,
1: th- that his budget must have just ballooned
0: but it was great because the whole crew in london was volunteers uh from the kickstarter campaign and social media
1: oh nice Yep, that's cool um, do you still use, uh, Letterboxd? I stopped, yeah. Why? I need to, I need to see all the stuff you're watching. <laughs> okay, Final. start again. Yeah, I, I continue to use it all the time. That's why I'm here, um, to, uh, to tell you exactly so what I, I've been watching.
0: I, w- I went to, uh, see Jumanji today.
1: Oh, God, okay. I told you to go and see Little Women.
0: So the theater was packed.
1: So I said, "Fuck it. No, I'm
0: not going." And then I was like, "Little Women. Fine. Little Women." Theater was sold out.
1: Yeah. I so "No, it's the it's the Christmas sensation." So anyway, so that was the best I could do. So back to Jumanji. Uh talking about that, I love Little Women. Little Women was so good uh, for a different bunch of different reasons. I think that people look at it and there's a bunch of reactions to this online I've even seen, which is like, "Do we really need another adaptation of Little Women?" I guess the quick answer to that is no. I don't think we need any adaptation, really. <laughs> at the end of the day, and sure, it has been adapted. The last time it was adapted, uh, like for a wide release, was in the '90s, and then there was a Katharine Hepburn version in the '40s. That's kind of highly regarded. But I think what Greta Gerwig does with this movie is really interesting because she really messes with the timeline. Every movie or adaptation I've seen has always gone from, like, beginning of the novel to the end of the novel. And that's not what she does. She actually jumps around quite a bit and, like, reorders things. So so you're saying
0: she had a novel
1: idea? Oh, (laughs) Oh. yes. Sure, yeah. Yes,
0: Hey-oh.
1: Uh, stop, just, uh, but, so she she does that, and I think that she really leans in to the fact of, like, um, to to, to the extent that there's almost, like, a breaking of the fourth wall a few times, not almost, there is a breaking of the fourth wall a couple of times, of being, like, why is it weird still to have stuff that is catering specifically to women? And I think it's really trying to challenge the audience to be, like, why do we get upset for things that are made for women by women uh, when we don't hold the same accountability to movies that are made by men for men. Uh, Anyways, I thought that was just an interesting take on it. Um, And I really messes around with the, with the ending of the, of the movie that everyone kind of knows about a lot too. So she's doing some different, different things. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a romantic book. Written in the late 1800s, you kind of know what's going to happen to all the women inside of this b- inside of this book.
0: They're all going to paint their vaginas.
1: C- correct. Uh, we they the Victorian period is well known for their painted vaginas. So, anyways, I say go see Little Women. I think it's great. I I really really loved it. I also on Netflix here earlier today watched uh, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch.
0: Oh wow! I haven't seen that yet. That's incredible. Yeah.
1: Uh, If you don't know what this is, this is basically him parodying, uh, I would say, like, late 80s, early 90s uh, kids specials. Um, As he jokes, like, at the very, very beginning, this is a show made for kids by adults. Um, (laughs) So uh, that is, that's basically where it goes to. It goes into some pretty dark places. There's lots of song and dance numbers which i of course i'm a big fan of
0: yeah the 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 sandusky number was a risk but i really, but, but I really it did. Did appreciate
1: it he did yeah. pull it off yeah um so to speak uh anyways i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun it was good it was not like a, like this is like the best comedy special i've ever seen but it was it was solid i liked it a lot and i'm just well, trying to see if there's anything that is else
0: the, that is the great thing about the streaming services the mini channels is we have talked about this before, the ability to take risks. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way back in the day when it was even just uh, basic cable and the networks, you would see John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Club Bunch. or whatever they're called. Bunch, Bunch. you yeah. You never have yeah. yep. seen that, ever.
1: Well, you also would never see, and actually Square City talks about this, there is no way that any studio would have allowed him to release a three and a half hour long film where basically nothing happens. Like yeah. Even, even the, 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 the shots of violence are so brief. It's all about tension building inside of that movie. And then the, a very quick release. And then it's a lot more like, let's just watch these two characters talk to each other. Uh, uh, I
0: got to ask a quick question for somebody that's actually seen the movie. Yeah. How is Pesci?
1: Pesci is phenomenal. It's for a guy to come out of retirement... Um, who's been working on a jazz career, which I find eminently hilarious. Like that's what he's been doing for like the last ten years.
0: Now that you say that he's been working on a jazz career, I'm like, of
1: course. Yeah, of course, that's what he's doing. But but Pesci is is so good. There's actually a scene. And I'm actually stealing this from another podcast I listened to, but they summed it up so well about what I liked about it. There's literally just this very small scene of him of him uh, making a salad, and like for an actor like. Doing prop work, like having stuff that you're doing while you're acting, um, I guess adds to the character a little bit. But it's like the little small touches he does of him, like punctuating things as he's putting stuff into the bowl, uh, like trying to give it the the meal to, uh, to De Niro in the same scene. Um, like this simmering anger that Pesci is so good at. He's able to do that so well. I would actually not be surprised if he gets a Best Supporting nomination out of it, to be honest.
0: And, and that's that's really fascinating that you bring up the little stuff because... Um I've I've seen a lot of lot of reviews on YouTube and written where they talk about once upon a time in Hollywood and yeah. they say the Brad Pitt scene where all he does is drive the car might be the best bit of acting in the whole movie.
1: Well it's also like the hardest thing to do, right? I mean Actors often like you're probably going to be the better person to answer this, but it's like what's the hardest thing sometimes for an actor to do is knowing what to do, like just walking into the scene, like how do you enter the room, how do you open this door, how do you drive this car? It's it should be so natural, and at the same time, like you can instantly disengage an audience if you don't nail that stuff.
0: Well, it's 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 one of those things where you're doing something that you do second nature, so it's like this. The driving is not a problem. What the problem is is doing nothing. Right. So, like, you're sitting there, you're driving, that's fine, you're doing that, but what else are you doing? You're not acting when you're driving, you're just driving. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have to do this other thing, the other thing being nothing. And when I would direct shows, my favorite thing in the whole wide world is a really long pause. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when I would tell an actor to do something I would be like now this is what I want you to do this is the moment that I want you to do it I want you to wait to say that line until it's unbearable for you not to say it so I would be like if that's five minutes it's five minutes that's fine and normally it was like 45 seconds because yeah we get really nervous up there because
1: you feel like that's been five minutes but yeah. it has yeah <laughs> so I'm like just
0: do it just sit there and then the fun part about that for me as a director, not as an actor because it's painful and it's horrible, is finding what to do for those 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. That space between your your the line that cues you up or the action that cues you up and when I, the director, want you to say something. So finding that moment, that nothingness. And that's where a lot of the really good performances lie. I talk about Jack Lemmon all the time. There's really mm-hmm. those those moments. Where Jack is just he's not Jack. he is he's just there. Yeah. He is
1: actually, there's been a bunch of different movies I've recently seen that's like a good example of this going back to the little women, like Laura Dern is in this movie. oh and Laura, Laura, Dern is, Laura
0: Dern is is, is incredible.
1: it's so incredible. and i've I've thought of it a lot, and like, boy, we do not appreciate Laura Dern as much as we should. No, we should because she. Knocks out of the park every single time, and that is what he is like—the master of of this like filling silences or just doing stuff in a scene, which is probably not even written into the script, but feels so natural to that character that we don't even think it's acting at that point. It's just like her being the character, and it's like she's doing some remarkable things, and we're not realizing she's doing remarkable things. I
0: think it's the curse of Jurassic Park. Like, think how long it took Sam Neill to shake Mm -hmm,
1: that—like
0: thirteen years. Like it was 2006 when all of a sudden we're like, oh, Sam Neill, right?
1: <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah, it's
0: yeah. like Laura Dern, like Jeff Goldblum. What he did was lean into it. He was leaning it, and he became super Jeff Goldblum at some point. Right, like, right. Like what is that, Senta Siam or Super Cyan, whatever right. that anime is? He became you know super Cyan Jeff Goldblum, and and so he leaned into the shirtless guy breathing that is spread out like paint me like your French girls. But Sam Neill and Laura Dern, they tried to fight out of that. The two children actors just said, fuck it, we're going to move on. You know, and <laughs> and those, you know, the only person that really come out of that is hold on to your butt, Sam Jackson. But all Sam Jackson was doing was playing Sam Jackson.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So Sam Neill and Laura Dern, like there's a weird curse to me around Jurassic Park.
1: That's interesting. I, someone should write an article about that. The curse of Jurassic Park. Um, Because I think you're right. There's something something about that. Uh, the other person I, that I've seen do this very recently. It's another show that's on Netflix, another movie that's on Netflix, Marriage Story, which I liked quite a bit, too. But I think Adam Driver is like shows <laughs> he's really good at looking like he's not doing anything. I don't know what it is. Like, he is able to do these really small moments. And yes, everyone shares around, like, the burst of anger scene from Marriage has become a meme now at this point. But I think, honestly, it's, like, the hour and a half before we get to that point that is so much more interesting. Because he's, like, furious and angry but can't show it. And so that he's, like, going through that. Also in that movie is Alan Alda, who also does this really well. Which is, like, being a real person but not looking like he's actually acting while he's being that real person. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: he's he's unfair. He's he's unfair. But I want to point out this
0: is this is my favorite Adam Driver scene of all time, and it's from the movie What If with Daniel Radcliffe. And I just want to show it to you. Um, This has nothing to do with what we're saying, but I've I think I've waited seventeen years since we've started this podcast. Sure. um, To play this this clip for you, and I think I've yelled it at you
1: like twice. (laughs) <laughs> probably yeah. can I talk
0: to you about something
1: I just had sex I'm about to eat nachos it's the greatest moment of my life and that <laughs> is it <laughs> so you go from that to like the subdued performance in a Noah back movie and you're great um, the other person that I'll just fi- finish off by saying and yes he's also in Little Women but I've also seen a few other films uh, from him I I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna roll Timothy your Shallow. eyes. So yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Of Shallow. course. And I have a bit of a crush on the guy, but that is no, that has nothing to do with anything else. Um, I think it's, he's actually it's, really funny, talented.
0: The big thing that it has to do with was this Halloween you went uh, dressed as a peach. <laughs> I,
1: I I did yes. Um, it was uh, so many people tried to have sex with me. It was really odd and off putting. Uh, but I think he does this really interesting choices. Uh, with his with the uh, with his acting choices, I mean, yes, there's a "Call Me by Your Name" that everyone knows him by. I actually watched this other one called "Hot Summer Nights" the other day. Uh, it's not a good movie, to be honest. It's not very great. Uh, and but and can...
0: what's that movie that he did with Robert Pattinson, "The Name of the King" or something it's, like that? It's just
1: the King. I think he is honestly, I'm not even joking, phenomenal in the King. Again, not doing a lot of like flashy, showy stuff. But he's really—he's so good in that movie of like doing like the subdued performance. It's just that's just a hard thing to pull off. Those types of performances never get rewarded very much because everyone just takes them for granted. Yeah. Uh, But it's—it's I think harder to pull off than be like I'm acting crazy over here type of stuff.
0: The the performance that I—I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the clip about forty-five hundred times of Robert Pattinson in the full suit of armor trying Mm. to walk forward and attack timothy shallow in the
1: mud frick that's so funny it's so good (laughs) like Uh, there needs
0: to be i you know there needs to be like spec like i again if i ran the academy i'd have like 45 special awards every year and i would just be robert for that scene fuck me (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so good that would actually be that would make me that would make so many more people tune in it's like the fuck it portion of the broadcast. Like, you know what? You're never going to get rewarded for this, but I have five awards I can give out right now. And know what? Robert Pattinson, here you go, because that's fucking hilarious. (laughs) We're going to give it to you. Um, By the way, weirdly enough, in that movie, I think Robert Pattinson has the worst French accent that I've heard in like a major motion picture. It's just really bad, which is all the more obvious when you have Timothy Chalamet, who is like bilingual and can actually speak French, then speak back to him and like, yeah, see, that sounds like French. You, whatever you're doing, Robert Pattinson, does not sound like French. Again, keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, watching a bunch of stuff and uh, trying to catch up. I, I need to see this Uncut Gems movie because uh, Sandler's probably getting nominated for Best oh, Actor.
0: I guess I should have mentioned that I have saw Uncut Gems.
1: Yeah, and are you up or down? Thumbs up or thumbs it's down? It's really good.
0: It's really good. Yeah. Adam Sandler is clearly the highlight of the movie. And... Um, the is it one Sam- of those
1: movies like uh, like Meryl Streep, where she's in like she makes a great performance in a movie that's not all that great by itself?
0: No, it's it's um let's call it a it's a sixty five percent Rotten Tomatoes movie. Oh, <laughs> with a ninety nine percent performance.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: And I was surprised with a lot of stuff that happened, which is great because I never get surprised that often. And Adam is clearly incredible.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. so that's, uh, I, I, I didn't know you were on a first name basis with him. Uh, yeah, I
0: played basketball with him a couple times at UCLA. <laughs>
1: just, just a couple times. He elbowed me right in the face.
0: Well, he elbowed me because I didn't shave his chest properly. Yeah. Maybe well, it wasn't basketball.
1: You have to read the writer. Yeah, it's very important.
0: And then I also saw Knives Out.
1: Oh, I love Knives Out. I did not. Oh, come on. Which
0: is going to surprise the fuck out of you, because you're like, this is like the grant, like 95 FECTA of things. Yeah, it's like literally all your, has Michael
1: (laughs) Shannon in it, it's a murder mystery.
0: (laughs) And, and uh, the, the, I can't remember her name right now, but the, you know, Kate Magucci that I bring up a lot? Yeah. So her bandmate is also in it. Oh, interesting. She plays Michael Shannon's wife.
1: Oh, funny. Okay, great.
0: So, like, all these things are incredible. Christopher Plummer, come on. You know, like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, there's so much amazing stuff going on. And three seconds into the movie, I was like, I understand what's happening. I knew the whole thing. And uh, Enemy of the Show mm -hmm. agreed with me that it was so incredibly painfully predictable. But Daniel Craig, fuck.
1: I want to see more... I want to see more Benoit Blanc murder mysteries. I would go and see them every single time. Um, I'm surprised... I, like... I guess I guess I suppose if you if you know exactly where it's going, that can ruin a part of the fun. I actually thought what was so fascinating about that movie is that they basically give you 90% of it up front. Like 20 minutes in, they say, like, no, no, this actually happened. Like this thing that you think is gonna be like uh the guy coming back to life or faking his own death. No. Like this is what happened. You know what happened. Uh and then it's all this Uh, the the lead up to it is basically a subversion of most murder mysteries where it's like I want to know what the answer is to like I don't want them to know what the answer is I don't want the characters to find out because I want our main character to get away with it so there's I thought thought that was the interesting switcheroo
0: there's the two things where like I walked out of the movie with Blake and I go I just sit there for a second and I go they told us everything that was going to happen within the first 20 minutes and he just looks at me like I'm a I'm a Fucking moron! And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, oh, "Jesus Christ, man! Just fucking relax for four <laughs> seconds." And then the um the other thing that I now this is something that I speak to a lot in just common knowledge. Like when I talked about the uh, the machinist millions and millions of years ago, that when you cast Chris Evans mm-hmm. and he wants to get away from Captain America, you know why he took the role. Sure.
1: Yeah. No. I I agree with that. I think yeah. the context matters here. Yeah. I was pretty confident he was in on the plot. I was just like, how? But how did he actually do it? That was the point that I was that I was going with. I never was really, weirdly, weirdly enough, I was like never all that concerned with like the who and the who done it. I was all about like the why. Like why did it happen this way? How how did it happen? Rather than who was actually responsible.
0: And I the the, the biggest crime of the whole thing is Lake Heath Stanfield doing what was he doing nothing
1: yeah he just agreed
0: with daniel craig the whole time yeah
1: i know it's like i wish he had been done more uh which is too bad Uh, a little small fun fact i do another podcast called putting this together which goes through all the sakes! and there is a scene in knives out where daniel craig is in a car singing along to his ipod and that is a sondheim song from the show follies which i find eminently hilarious that that is the show and the song called Losing My Mind is what he's singing along to uh, that he decides to sing. Sometimes so- he's going through this renaissance. He's been oh, in Marriage Story, yes. Knives Out, Joker. He was in an episode of Morning Show. Like, all these songs happened. are coming out of the ro- woodwork here. You just feel so
0: justified in
1: yourself, don't you? Yeah, I know. So smug over here.
0: <laughs> so I also saw Slim and Queen.
1: Oh, I wanted to see this, but it, I didn't get out a chance to see it yet.
0: Well, it's because the entirety of the album that is racist. And they don't show movies with black actors.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, i only played here for like a couple weeks, so...
0: (laughs) It was fantastic. I really liked it. It's Um, a
1: modern-day Bonnie and Clyde, basically?
0: Kind of with... Wait, existential... Existential? No, not existential. Like, extra circumstances.
1: Oh, okay. okay. Extracurricular.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they they did speech team. They did debate. Uh, they also did OCAD, they did uh, Academic Decathlon, and I believe they played Badminton. I'm not sure, uh, but that was the entirety of the movie. Two hours of Badminton, uh, <laughs> Academic Decathlon, and Speech and Debate. It was great. By movie. Like, they their performances, the two leads, were just fantastic. Specifically, her performance was incredible, and I didn't uh, Google the movie, so I have no idea what her name is, but...
1: Um, I can say... Uh, it's because it's... Um, Daniel Kaluuya, right? Is the the main guy in it? Yep, he is. And he was he
0: was he did some good work, but it was it was her show. She nailed right. everything. She was on all levels. She was firing in all cylinders, and uh, yeah, it was great.
1: Uh, her name is Jodie Turner Smith. Incredible. Uh, I'm trying to see if she has any relation to Will Smith, but no. Oh, wow, racism all over. But she's been married to Joshua Jackson since 2019. What? That's what it says.
0: When I was a kid, I was told repeatedly that I looked like Charlie from The Mighty Ducks.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Um, uh, uh,
0: by the way, uh, speaking of... Uh, well, now I, I'm, I'm lost. It was speaking of racism, and now it's gone. Oh, yeah, speaking of racism, by the way, I can no longer be called racist... Because I have a black
1: cousin. Wait, Satogi, there's a lot of wrong with that comment that you just made, but (laughs) where did the black cousin come from?
0: Ancestry.com.
1: Great. Uh, My parents are also doing Ancestry stuff, and I'm apparently Amish. Good for you. You should probably get off the computer and go... Which is probably why I have an 11th finger. It's probably why
0: you hold a sheet between you and your lovers. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that, that is also true plus this weird beard i've been growing i was
0: gonna say it's unnaturally patchy but it's looking good <laughs> i'm suggesting beads
1: that's just all that's all, all right. i'm saying we can, we can try that out are you trying to uh watch anything else before the Osc- oscars are so early this year they're like february 8th or something like that
0: everything uh, seems early this year the globes are on the fifth yeah and the oscars are like on the fifth again right
1: yeah, it's fe- it's like beginning of February. Usually, it's end of February or beginning of March. Yeah, uh, and this year, I think it's because of the Olympics that are coming out in in February, so they wanted to be before them instead of after them. Okay. Uh, regardless, there's a lot of buzz about certain movies. Um, I don't know if there's anything else like Uncut Gems is the big one that I wanted. I want to see before nominations come out.
0: Well, Adam's gonna get nominated for. So from now on, every time you see a Netflix movie about him writing a romantic novel and the character from the romantic novel becoming a person, and it's yeah. always Kevin James, and he goes off and romances who knows Olivia Wilde. Who this, fucking the, cares? The, at the, this this, point? this
1: actually makes me want to watch some of the, like the last two or three of his Netflix movies. Just to so, say, like, can I see anything? Is there anything in here that? Like, how does he go from this to this thing over here? Like, there has to be something. I'll be like so, like one of those, like, frantic cops and pulling, like, red thread between movie st- uh, titles yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, obviously, uh, the wedding singer ties into uh, Jack and Jill over to other Adam Sandler the Irishman, project. Yeah. yeah the, Al Pacino. Uh, good for that. I, 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 I,
0: I saw a really good story about it uh adam sandler was on conan and he said i think it was conan and he said that his um agent got the got the move got the script like 10 years ago
1: mm-hmm.
0: and his agent read it and said no this is stupid so okay. the Samdie brothers were just like we wrote this for adam this is specifically for adam and so another five years pass they send the script in again his agent goes no no this is not adam and then finally the Samdie brothers just find adam and go here and Adam's like, why the fuck? Like, why haven't I gotten this in the last 15 years? Like, yeah. you wrote this in 2010? Why am I just <laughs> now hearing about this? And they're like, we sent it into you a lot. The the moral of the story, he didn't fire his manager, but he took the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now think about the Sandy brothers. Like to try and think about, you know, Wes Anderson, it took me about five movies to go, he's a genius. Sure. And I, am I am I saying like the Sandy brothers? That's their name, right? Safty, I think. Safty, or whatever. So like they're now at the point where they're at their fifth movie.
1: I don't think I've seen any of their other movies, have I? Uh, no, you hate Robert Pattinson. We've already established this. I have. We have already well established that. But they've done uh, about
0: four or five movies, and so now they're they're on the cusp of becoming, in my books, declared one of the greats.
1: I know that that's what a lot of people on Twitter have been been saying is like hopefully this is like the coming out of of this uh, filmmaking team um, because let's see
0: well it, 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 doesn't serve, some... it doesn't serve them well the fact that I don't know their real name Like they're, they're, just the advertisement for all their movies is not good
1: uh, well it's, it's Benny and Josh Safdie um, but Good Time which I did not see I did see it it's great that has a that that does have Robert Pattinson in it. Heaven knows what. I refuse uh, to see that. Did not see that one. Uh, Lenny Cook did not. Uh, I've heard not of it. See have that one. Who's that? Oh, that's a documentary. Yeah, that's a documentary. Uh, short, 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 short. They did a, a movie called Buttons. Yeah, I don't know. Idea. Don't know. Nope. Don't know what that one. Didn't, didn't see that one uh daddy long legs looks like I have seen that first yeah. film which is uh Didn't did not see that one either yeah so this will be the first movie I see of the Safty brothers but that's exciting though I always love seeing like the emergence of like new voices coming on um and they Think over like the next decade. What we're really going to see, much to many people's chagrin, is like uh, I don't know how else to term it, but like be super blunt <laughs> about it. But like different races, different genders, different uh, sexual identities and stuff like that, kind of coming to the foreground. Uh, you know, we do have Greta Gerwig, right, as as a female director, kind of uh, becoming more and more prominent. Uh, but there's the, the only um, one that
0: I can think of.
1: Well, there's uh, Catherine Bigelow too. You know, I mean. and, and Patty Jenkins, I believe, was homeless yes, at this point. Yes, Patty Jenkins. Uh, uh, but there's um, oh, see, this is me forgetting names all of a sudden. There's a guy who did the the last black man of San Francisco. What was his name? Last black.
0: All I know is he's white.
1: <laughs> is oh, that that's horrible? Right no you're right joe talbot uh but uh but it's really based on those the the two actors that are inside that movie like it's their story type of thing so like jonathan majors jimmy fails like having them kind of come into the forefront and yeah jimmy fails and and
0: white guy wrote the movie
1: right uh uh, but uh, like eva duvernay or something like that too like a black woman oh my
0: god a black woman
1: I'm just saying that there's all these different types of people coming out. Uh, some people don't think of the Rokowski's as female, but that's on them. Uh, that they, they, they do have a very specific voice that they like to, to bring to their projects.
0: Okay, so have you heard that the, 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 the groundswell of Cloud Atlas being a good
1: movie... Oh, I have not. I am. Yeah, I was on the forefront of that. We were that. on
0: the forefront of that. We both liked that movie.
1: I know, and I felt like I was screaming into the wind because nobody else I talked to liked it at all. So, I
0: was it's, like, no, it's, it's good. It's picking up steam all of a sudden, like you know, because I've liked pretty much every one of their movies, and my favorite, as I've mentioned before, is Speed
1: Racer. I know. So, I'm also a Speed Racer like apologist. I think it's real fun.
0: It's really great. Yeah. So, and that brings us to the, probably the entire reason why we're actually talking right now is, you know, it's a really fun movie. What's that? Star Wars, episode nine, the rise of Skywalker.
1: Oh, Jesus. We're going to have this debate. Um, I forget. Like, were you on the hate last Jedi camp or the like, last I am,
0: Jedi camp? I, I uh, liked um, the, the, whatever the first one was, what was that? Force one? Awakens. The Force Awakens. I mean, I I liked it. It was kind of weird and silly. Uh, The second one I liked as well. I mean, I had my complaints, but it was no alien covenant or Prometheus garbage where they get lost in tunnels, where the entire purpose of the person being there was that he was mapping everything out, and he's the one that gets lost. I mean, I really, really wanted to shoehorn that in. I just really wanted (laughs) to say that I don't like Prometheus. Anyways, um, but yeah, I liked all three of them. All three of them.
1: Um yeah, I I think I like this one the least out of all three of them. I like it the most. It's uh, weird. That is a weird comment to say. Uh here I really don't want to get into like the the nuts and bolts of this cuz it's an hour into the show already, but um I was never the person who was like head over heels like I love the last Jedi. I will say on my rewatch of it here this year I think it holds up better than what I even remembered coming out of the theater. I was like, when you first come out of that movie, it's like, I don't really know what I feel like that felt very different from a star Wars movie. And and, and the force think,
0: awakens does not hold up.
1: Uh, I mean, there's still some fun parts in it though. There's fun parts,
0: obviously like yeah. every
1: movie has fun parts. Yeah. But I, I think you might, I I would agree with you overall with that. Uh, So I think, It depends on what kind of Star Wars fan you are. Like, are you like this, like died in the wall, know like everything about the extended universe type of person? Who, if there is anything slightly different in in the take on the universe, that you immediately rejected, like not in my Star Wars, buddy? Or are you the person that always felt like I want to love Star Wars more? But there's never been like a foothold I can get into this universe. And that is what The Last Jedi provided. It was the first Star Wars film that brought in Star Trek vibes, which is like this is about something. We're going for more. There is a purpose to what everything that we're doing uh, is happening. And there's a, 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 an actual release and a catharsis by the end of that movie. And so I think that's why it divided people so much in the fandom. Like it just like it was you either were on board with that or you were not. And so I've heard everyone from, this is the worst Star Wars film ever made, even worse than the prequels, all the way up to, like, this is the best Star Wars film ever made. There's never been anything that comes close to it. And I've always felt a little bit conflicted, because I'm more positive than negative for Last Jedi, but I actually have some deep criticisms on some of the pacing inside of that movie. I think you could, like, cut out a good 20 minutes of it, and it would be better off for it. And And so I like it. What's that? And add Rose. I'd add more rose to be honest. Yeah. Uh, anyways, there's there's lots I like about it, but I've never I don't I think I haven't gotten close to the love part. And then with this movie, it starts off with I believe to be the laziest bit of screenwriting I've ever seen. I want to preface what I'm okay. about to say. let, let, let saying, me let
0: me jump in really quick. Yeah. Yes, that's all I want. Okay, to say. <laughs> I know
1: because I, I bet you know exactly what I'm going to say. I want to preface what I'm about to say is I didn't see a single trailer for this movie Neither before I. I went into it, so I did not know what the plot was. I did not know who it was. I think the trailer spoil what I'm about to say. Well, so the, you're... the, the problem, when...
0: the problem with what I had was I had read some of the stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, I can see where we're going with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as it's revealed that, spoiler alert, I guess for the new movie, um. As soon as they say like Palpatine lives those are, like the first two words of the exclamation yeah. point. I'm like, that's dumb. That is yeah. so stupid. Uh I just
0: I hired somebody to read those books to me. Yeah. Like several of the extended universes. Spoiler alert, I know how to read. Mm-hmm. And I, I I read those books and I'm like like once I kind of I didn't watch any trailers, but obviously you get feedback from the Zeitgeist, like it bounces back to you like radar. You don't want it to, but it's gonna ping back to you. And once I saw a couple of things, I'm like, I know it's we're dealing with clones, we're dealing with this, we're dealing with like repurposing Jedi energy, like all this stuff. And I was really like like you said, it's lazy.
1: Yeah. I I mean I could even go along, even though it kind of takes away from the whole point of what Last Jedi was going for. Like, I, I can even be on board with Rey being the progeny of, of Palpatine. Fine. Yeah. Um, I just dislike the fact that he's still alive. I think yeah. that's just like, oh, you know who is a, like a really bad guy from the original trilogy? The Emperor. Let's just have him back. Let's just bring him back. It's fine. Well,
0: if they're going to bring him back, like, he said that he was basically Snoke. So, in my mind, when he said that he was Snoke... I was like, okay. So he cloned himself kind of in and altered the DNA to make a different body. And he put himself in there. Yeah. but Why is Palpatine still there? Like his body should be gone.
1: I feel. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you're bringing a lot to the movie that the movie does not give to you. You're just making up like wild fan theories at that point. Um, yeah, I I guess I don't know how to fix that plot element because I like they're There's leading no way. up to There's like no way. this big confrontation at the end, um, which you see coming
0: from the first. Oh, no a As and soon as they know reveal, exactly how it's going to end. Well, you know as soon as she exactly shoots, how it's gonna end. yeah,
1: as soon as you she shoots lightning bolts, I'm like, oh, they're related somehow. Okay, yeah. so I know exactly where and how this movie is going to go for the rest of this bit.
0: And the instant that they introduce force healing.
1: Mm, yeah. So it's like, oh well, that's not that's obviously never gonna come back to be important again. I I, yeah, I will say che- there was Chekhov
0: like, actually walked on screen.
1: Yeah, and said like, by and the way
0: at the healing and was like,
1: huh? My my biggest huh? beef was actually like the whole thing with Finn being wanting to tell Ray something oh, for the entire so- movie and then never actually saying what he wanted to say. Anyway, so that's he's that's more
0: sensitive, by the way.
1: Yeah, I, I just think there's some lazy, lazy screenwriting on display here.
0: Just imagine I, if they would have tried a little bit harder and put Rose in there. Got yeah, rid like, of I of Finn saying, like, oh my god, I gotta tell you something. Just eliminate that whole thing and give right, Rose... Except we have the guy, guy
1: from Lost who comes in and like does exposition dump for us. I'm like, okay, um,
0: so by the way, Dominic Moynihan won a bet from J.J. Abrams that got on the roll.
1: Oh, is that what happened? That's what right. happened. Here's the thing. Okay, so... Uh, I'm being super negative here right now. I will say what still got me at the very end, where we have like Poe, he's in the ship. They're getting okay, obliterated. I- and then all these yeah. ships come, yeah. and they're like, they don't have a navy. It's like, no, they have people or whatever they say. I don't know. They, it was like, yes, that that is that, is, that was, that's a Star Wars thing right there. It's like the scrappy bunch of rebels fighting this huge monolith of an empire. Um so, I don't know. It's it's kind of like the original trilogy, where I think the third movie kind of doesn't stick the landing a hundred percent, because endings are really hard to do well. Well, and, and also we, that...
0: know, we know for certain that Lucas had no intention of it being an ending.
1: No, no, I, I agree with that. I think that there's two things going on. One. J.J. has proven that he doesn't really know how to end things very well. He doesn't know Uh, how to do a lot of things really well. But starting things he can do really well. Bringing in that fun he can do really, really well.
0: He's he's great at the mic, though. He's very funny.
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, What I think this proves is that Star Wars needs their own Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, love him or hate (laughs) him, has like this set thing. This is how the Marvel films are going to go. And you're gonna come on and you're gonna do this film, like like cool like indie director, but this is what you kind of have to do. And it has to fit into this box. Now you can uh, feel constrained by that, or you can do like the Taika Waititi thing and be like, I'm still gonna make this a bit mine and still fit it within the Marvel universe here for us.
0: But it also helps that Taika Waititi, I don't wanna be a dick to your story here he jumped into the least profitable least good franchise he jumped into something that was we had two movies and technically they lasted four hours but they weren't something that you'll ever want to watch again and i'm going to shape this into a new thing so he was given way much more leniency than kathleen kennedy is capable of giving it's uh, a yeah. single person.
1: I, I would agree with that, but I guess more to that point is there's a roadmap in place. Like yeah. everyone who's brought into the Marvel universe knows like this is where we're heading to. Sign your non-disclosure agreements, but we know where this is heading to. And I think that this new Star Wars trilogy proves like nobody knew where this was going to. They're all making it up as they was went a, along. It was
0: a clusterfuck.
1: Yeah. And I hope that that in any new trilogy or any new expanded universe, that they at least they have. You can still be flexible and still have that collaboration and have like these unique moments of like, oh, the, the the audience really love this character. Let's bring them in and give them their own arc throughout this movie. But we still know where this film franchise is going to. Uh, the, the original trilogy had that. The prequels, not good, but they still knew exactly where they were going to. There was still that arc that happened over those three movies. I,
0: I think the best part, the best thing they could have ever done for the new trilogy would have been kill Leia, kill Luke. Yeah. Move on, have yes. hand. get killed by Ben, that's fine, and just move the fuck on. Well, and I, nobody I, I, was willing to do that. They just I, I, wanted to yeah, jerk was... off every fan <laughs> in tandem, like, because you got two hands, you can do two at a time.
1: I, I actually do think that if you're, maybe this would be a better way to do it, still have the Emperor be there if you are, like, so intent on doing that. But I think the crawl honestly should have started with, like, Princess Leia is dead. Yeah. Um and literally start there. And like we're starting with her mourning her passing and be like, okay, what do we do? We don't have a leader anymore. Let's figure this out. Yeah. Um anyways. And that's that would me. have also
0: given Poe more actual logical experience to lead the final
1: assault. Yeah. I mean being I, the
0: leader th- the whole time. But this is clearly me, like, Lando criticizing, should have been the leader.
1: Yeah, this is me criticizing the movie that wasn't instead of the movie that is. Uh I, I this is a thing that's a problem for a lot of the entertainment industry right now, which is that we are so beholden to our nostalgia that we're not letting ourselves push ourselves forward anymore. It's like the stars is the greatest example that, like, whoa, well, wasn't wasn't the trilogy great? Han was super cool. Let's bring him in the first movie, and and Luke, Luke was awesome. Let's bring him into the second movie, and and Leia's really awesome. Let's have her here, and oh, don't forget about Lando. Lando should come back again. Well, and we're they never this, felt we're super germane point. to the plot.
0: We're at this point where we started making films that like. 1900 so now we're about a you know 119 years into it and you if you look back into the history of theater like every performance was more or less from what i've read they're doing the last guy Mm. they're doing the last guy so scrooge was doing the last scrooge You know, Hamlet was doing the last Hamlet. No one was willing to make those iconic roles their own. They were more or less just wanting to give these people exactly what they saw, you know, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so we're at that point again where we're, you know, we're at 100 years. That's a lot of movies. That's true. so we're starting to get to that point where we're just really clinging to nostalgia, and it's going to take a real person. Because, I mean, even if you look at the 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 renegade directors, like Robert Rodriguez, he leans on nostalgia like a motherfucker. You know, uh, Quentin Tarantino leads on nostalgia like a motherfucker. Like, they lean on it, and they've only been around for 20 years, 30 yeah. years. So it's like – and if you want to look at it very specifically, Kevin Smith true so <laughs>
1: i guess uh I, yeah yeah i just have to f- fully think of my theory here i think there's a difference between leaning on nostalgia and literally reusing the same thing over and over and over again yeah but well, think
0: about jj's uh mission impossible it was not great
1: well, it was better. Well, I have a. Th- it, I'd was like better it better than the first Jones, two. But it, it, it was, was better than Wu's. Way. Let's put it that way. John was Wu's better, was, was bad. Than, it
0: was better than better than John's. But the thing, there was a few things about John's that was really good. Mm-hmm. But then he probably, I feel, got pushed into using birds and like making the signature uh-huh. on his thing. Like, yeah. are you going to have birds? Okay, you know, like I think he got pushed into a little bit of a corner there because he's a Chinese guy you know, coming into America and trying to do all this shit. And then we got Paramount just going, fuck you. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm whatever. We're going to do whatever the fuck we
1: I'm want. i a real mountain. Yeah. Uh, what every Star Wars film does do for me though, is it always shows all these cool worlds. And I often, I'm like, um, I kind of want to just stay here for a bit longer. Except for one. Um, so in this new movie, specifically, they go to that one planet and there's like the hooded woman who's like her quest is like to leave the planet she has her like token that she can get past the imperial guards uh it's like honestly that is a movie like that is a movie right there that i want to actually see and so i hope that some of these like standalone star wars films Lead more into this that type of stuff where it's like we're still in the universe, but let's do this interesting story or like let's do this heist film inside the Star Wars universe. Well, every single every single
0: uh, trilogy has that moment where they're in the seedy underground of the galaxy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, um, in remember when they went down like Obi Wan Kenobi went down to that diner on Coruscant. Yeah. Like the base level of Coruscant, like all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this is way more interesting. They're talking about the huts, they're talking about this. I want to focus here. I don't care if Padme gets murdered, I care about this <laughs> stuff right here,
1: right? Yeah, so
0: I mean, and and we had that with every trilogy. We had Tatooine, that was great, that was the scum of the earth you know we had it on this new trilogy too going to that land where you're dealing with smugglers and you know yeah. arms dealers and all this stuff
1: i actually do want to have an entire deeper look into that smuggler trade i mean yes han was a smuggler and stuff like that too but the the whole arms dealer thing on um gosh what was the planet called uh canto cantobite uh, uh i think is what it was but like that whole concept is like oh i've never even Really thought about that, but there's play, people playing both sides. They're they're selling weapons to the rebels. They're selling weapons to the Empire. Yeah. That is some mafia stuff. Let's see a mafia Star Wars film.
0: Yeah, and there was the uh, what Cashian, Cassian Cassian uh, from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get a solo series with him. So hopefully, with this duplicitous spy that is playing both sides at whatever makes it more money, we'll get to see that underground.
1: Oh, yeah. For really, whatever makes money. Um, I'm hoping...
0: But I'll, I also support anything with Diego Luna.
1: So I'm hoping that Donnie Yen comes back, because I literally want to see an entire like action, like action, yeah. uh, kung fu action film set in the Star Wars universe.
0: Well, do you really need to see like the... Because he's kind of like a gray Jedi that we don't really delve into at all. Like Qui-Gon, people call a gray Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that pull from both sides of the Force. So he's not trained in Force powers, but he clearly has them. He is Force-sensitive. So it would be really neat to see him using his powers for both the Hutts and yeah. the Alliance and all that stuff.
1: Well, if you have uh, things you want to yell at us about, you can definitely do that at whateverpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us at whateverpod on most uh, social media platforms. Uh, we are there uh occasionally at the, at the very least uh my own personal twitter is at the kyle marshall i'm going to do a pitch here for some people because in the new year i'm starting another new podcast called kyle and dave versus the machine which you can actually go and uh, listen to the trailer of right now if you want to grant how can people find you on the internet can i talk to you about something? I just had sex, and I'm about to eat nachos! It's the greatest moment of my life! Unless you screw it up with whatever it is you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bit works, too, actually, yeah.
0: So, yeah, um, um, fe- oh, I can't, I didn't no, turn we sure it No, you sure did I put it on the ground. Anyways, yeah, my, my name is uh, Fejimans on uh, Internet Everywhere, F-E-J-I-M-Z. Nope. Wait, no, that's not right. I am A and Z or Z, depending upon what country you're in. That's how long it's been. It's been 50 days since I've said that <laughs> that's
1: out loud. True. Uh, you know what? I've never really understand how the force works. I know that people have tried to explain it, but it feels to me like the force is basically just whatever the screenwriter wants it to do.
0: And it's uh, it's it shows how much planning they have. By the way, that the that they had to release The Mandalorian before this movie.
1: Hmm. And, what, and why?
0: To because they introduced force healing oh. on screen for the first time. Uh, Baby Yoda. Try, Jesus, his phone is going out of control um, Baby Yoda one time was just like, I'm going to try and heal you Mando, that's right, that's right. and Mando's like,
1: fuck off you stupid baby those and then exact all of a sudden, words actually, on Disney Plus he said those words
0: <laughs> and then Carl Weathers is all of a sudden if you get some bones, you get some bananas, you get some carrots, yeah. you get some grapefruit, you got a stew going and he was clawed by a flying pterodactyl yeah. it's I a guess. weird
1: show it's a weird uh, show
0: yeah, and then he got healed by Viviota, So that, like, the there is some planning. But now that we have Kevin Feige moving over to Star Wars, Wait, is that true? That is true. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, so he's going to take over a couple
1: Star Wars films. Okay.
0: Because Kevin Feige has nothing. Yeah, on his really? Plate.
1: Does he have all of Phase uh, whatever it would be five and six developed yet?
0: Well, the story the story is, is that he has the next phase and the phase after mm-hmm. that. But it, the the one thing you said you just said Kevin Feige like has everything under control. It's really interesting to look at the stuff that they're going to do to correct certain things, sure. like giving um, the Black Widow a movie.
1: Well, uh, w- there's, there's you, no way that was in the plan. There's some subtext and some like overt text that goes on with this because Feige wanted to push for that type of movie and those types of things way earlier. Two years, but it like, was like yeah. oh, there's another executive. They kept saying no, 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 no. Uh, that they eventually fired. So then, and then, the, that gave Kevin Feige free reign to do all the stuff that he's wanted to do. It's also why the yeah. TV shows and the movies never are really fit together because the one, uh, the the same executive was like, no, TV is separate and movies are their own thing. And so it was. Oh, Kevin Feige was well, handcuffed. Jeff, Jeff Loeb
0: bit. was in charge of TV, but he wasn't. It the was one someone at Pearl
1: the fault. or something like that. I can't remember the first name the
0: guy that started in
1: sync correct it was the nsync guy yeah stole all that money yeah and he made daredevil it all makes sense